Welcome to Life and Love Nuggets, where licensed therapists Brent and Janice Sharp share how you can thrive in your life, your love, and your relationships. Hello, friends. Welcome to Life and Love Nuggets. We're so glad that you're here. We've been doing this really long series. People have probably been going enough already <laughs> on love, lies, and betrayal. How do you recover from, from being hurt and betrayed in life? And, and we spent a lot of time talking about that in marriage, and then we looked at other kind of relationships. And so it's been pretty heavy. So we thought we'd do something a little lighter. And uh, how do we find joy and happiness in our life? We all want that. We all long for that. But there's a lot of stress in the world. There's a lot going on in the world that uh, this can be elusive. And so it's hard for our circumstances to always produce happiness and joy. This, this is just human life, okay? I mean, we're going to struggle. We're going to have issues in life. And so our circumstances are going to be up and down. But what if there are things that we can do regardless of what's happening around us that can improve our mood? and help us enjoy the journey better. It's obvious that everybody's under a lot of stress because all you have to do is look at your daily news feed and yes. you're going to find articles on how to be more happy, how to be calmer. Um, and there's a lot of advice out there. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that most of us have heard that, that help improve our mm -hmm. sense of well-being. We're going to talk about a few of those, but then we also want to talk about some surprising ones, yeah. ones that when we saw them went, oh, that's, that's interesting. interesting. Yes. <laughs> I yes. wouldn't have thought of that. Right, right, right. So the first one that most people know is the gratitude journal, and that's simply writing down five things I'm grateful for. And you can do it in the morning, you can do it in the evening, you can do it anytime during the day, but to remind yourself of all the good things that are going on in your life and all the good things you've been blessed with. Some people will write down uh, ways they've seen God show up, ways they've seen him in their lives. But whatever it is, it's being thankful for what we have. And there's a lot of studies that have yeah. proved what a difference that makes in yeah. our mood. Yeah, certainly exercise. I mm -hmm. mean, probably the most powerful antidepressant on the planet yeah. is exercise. With no this, side effects other than with, sore muscles. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. With this <laughs> God-designed way that our body works, if we move it, yes, uh, it can really help us. It, it promotes all kinds of changes in the brain, uh, including neural growth, uh, reduced inflammation, uh, new activity patterns that pro promote feelings of calm mm -hmm. and well-being. It also releases these little things called endorphins, these yes. little powerful chemicals in our brain that energize us, that increase our spirit, make us feel better. Uh, it can serve as also a distraction, get us moving away from stressors and, and giving us a break from just the cycle of negative thoughts that can feed depression. Which is why when our kids were little, I ran consistently three to five times a week. And people would say, oh, my gosh, with all those little kids, you're so consistent. That's really impressive. And I would say, no, it gives me 30 minutes to an hour to be all by myself Nobody's and have no me. one talking to me or saying, mom, 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 mom. <laughs> yes. Uh, it can alleviate anxiety, depression, and those that work out regularly, um, it can give you a sense of, of well-being. Now, again, these are things we do whether we feel like it or not. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a certain regimen, <laughs> certain things I do on certain days. 
I don't know that I ever wake up going, it's a run day. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's a weight day. Yay! (laughs) Yay! But it's what I do on those days, and I've done it long enough to know that if I don't, it just affects things. And if I do, oh my gosh, I'm always happy (laughs) at the end of it. I can tell that it has impacted me, that it's (laughs) done something significant. So it's, again, regardless of our circumstances, regardless of whether I wake up extra stressed or with anxiety or whatever, um, it will make a difference. It's the best thing you can do if you wake up stressed or depressed. It's just the hardest thing to do. Yes, absolutely. The other thing is, um, you know, we've been told along a lot with self-care things, just go take a bubble bath. Well, not all of us like bubble baths that much. Not all of us have the time to take bubble baths. So one of the later studies out that I've seen is that showers, either hot. I guess this would be after exercising. This would be after a very perfect timing. We're, we're getting their daily routine. That's right. Morning routine is right here. That's right. And so after, after exercising. Whenever. <laughs> yes. Yeah, whenever. If you take a hot or cold shower. Hmm. It actually affects your mood. Mm. So if you take a hot shower, it's relaxing. It's good to do that at night. If you take a cold shower, it's energizing. Mm. So it's a good thing to do in the morning to get you going. I'm going to exercise to get energized and then take a hot shower. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not real thrilled about cold showers. (laughs) Is anybody? I guess there's people who are. You know, one of the things I tell my clients is no matter how you feel when you wake up in the morning, I want you to hear my mm. voice saying, get in the shower. Yeah, yeah. You can cuss at me. You can say <laughs> terrible things about me the whole time, right. but just take I'll a shower. Spend. You will feel better. So another one is reading a fun book. And we emphasize fun. I talked to a lot of people about uh, reading and mm-hmm. something that is just of interest to them or a story carries them away and they get caught up in it. I think adults really need that. To where is we this can not get- work reading? This is not work reading, not Facebook, not the news, um, and not even necessarily self-help books. Right. You know, a lot of people that I talk to, they f- when I ask how do you how much you, well, they feel like they need to tell me. Well, I read I read my Bible yeah. and I read <laughs> you know books on this and this. They're all self-help books, and I go, those are wonderful. Okay, yes. fantastic. That's not what I'm talking about here. <laughs> I'm talking about a distraction. I'm talking about an escape. Um, I'm talking about just getting into another world. I, you know, we need to unplug as, as adults. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time unplugging. And so how do we get into something that's fascinating to us, something that's fun, something mm-hmm. that, that um, gets us kind of in another world? Um, I, I know, I mean, you've always been a reader, mm-hmm. you know, always, always, always. And, and I wasn't as much. And so I... Remember now, I always as a pastor and a counselor. I always read serious stuff. You know, most mornings still we read. You serious? Huh? <laughs> we read devotional <laughs> stuff. We read the scripture. We do a kind of a a daily office thing that we follow every morning, and and then we'd go on vacations. And you'd be you like before Kindles, you'd have a stack of books <laughs> that you would carry with. Our you. luggage has gotten much lighter since yeah. Kindles. And so here I'm on the plane, and I've gone through the magazine. <laughs> <laughs> for the fourth time it's like what the heck so what you know what is she she just looks like she gets lost in, in these stories and and so i remember one day stopping at 
um, a, an airport Bookstore. Mm-hmm. connection mm-hmm. and picking up a book. And it was kind of an action adventure. You know, my character was saving the world. You know, I was vicariously <laughs> saving the world to this character. And I was like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> this is unbelievable. Now, this was a couple decades ago, you know, and and the most relaxing I have now is just reading. And so most every night we both fall asleep, you know, yeah. um, kind of in a story. And and so something like that. And so now you know, we ask people, have you do you read? And some are like, well, I listen to stuff and mm-hmm. well, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> you can listen. You can listen to our podcast. That's or, right. You know, okay, or you can listen to a book on, on um, you audio. Know, mm-hmm. Audio, and mm-hmm. so those are fine. Just getting involved in a story that is can be wonderfully mood changing. Yeah. The other thing to help our moods, and we dropped off this a lot, even after the pandemic, when we could get with people mm-hmm. a lot, is getting with friends. You know, I have so many people that will say, "I don't have friends," mm-hmm. and then I'll go, "Well." Have you had friends? And they're like, yeah, but we really haven't had much contact since the pandemic. We need friends. I mean, we can't pick our family, but we can pick our friends. And so these are the people that we can get together with. They have history with us. They know the good, the bad, and the ugly. And just being with them, whether it's coffee or going for a walk or meeting for lunch, just being with them can really improve our mood. So another one is going outside, just getting out. <laughs> so many studies really mounting evidence that, that nature has benefits for both physical and psychological human well-being. Um, Lisa Nisbet, uh, she's a PhD, a psychologist at Trent University in Ontario, Canada. Um, she studies connectedness um, to nature. And one of her quotes is, you can boost your mood just by walking in nature even in urban nature, and the sense of connection you have with the natural world seems to contribute to happiness, even when you're not physically immersed in nature. So it can be as little as walking in a park or hiking or even sitting in the backyard. I, you know, in our Oklahoma summer, we've been under this heat dome a lot. (laughs) And so we have these beautiful planters around the pool in the backyard and, and when they need to be watered, like, Every day, if you don't. At least they, once a day. <laughs> yeah, they're like going to die on you. And, and thank you for doing that, by the yeah, way. Well, I, and I noticed just getting out there for just a few minutes <laughs> and carrying the hose around and just looking at the, the I mean, this is not naturally something that, <laughs> that I do, you know, but I've noticed I actually look forward to it every morning yeah. now. And I go out there and I, it's quiet and think of, see how they're growing and new blossoms are on the, the <laughs> really helpful. Mm-hmm. Another way to improve our mood is to help people. You know, it could be going to a soup kitchen. It could be volunteering at your kid's school or at your church. Um, It can even be helping somebody put their groceries away or put groceries in their car. There's a lot of things that we can do. And those things, just the act of giving can really uh, increase our satisfaction, our joy, and our happiness in life. It is interesting that that, uh, even, you know, particularly that several of these um, the scriptures talked about these mm-hmm. from the very beginning. And, you know, God knew how he made us. <laughs> you know, so when we give and we think about others first and we care for others, which is the definition of love, it's an action word that we do something for others. It's not only we do it because 
we're told to do it. And <laughs> oh, this must be a spiritual thing to do. This must be, I'll please God. Then God's going, no, <laughs> it's going to help you. Yes, this, this is, is for good. you. This is for you. You're going to feel better. It's going <laughs> to, something comes alive in you <laughs> when you think about others. And so, again, all of these can be helpful. Um, but we've kind of come across a few kind of quirky ones, yeah. <laughs> kind of odd ones that, that are, are kind, of, kind of fun. Yeah. And it kind of caught our attention. So let's talk about those for a few minutes. So this one caught my attention. Well, Get Botox. <laughs> Botox has been used in different studies to determine if injecting it in the frown lines so that you cannot frown will improve our overall mood. And what they found was people who got Botox in that area, and they have lower measures of depression, anxiety, and irritability. Even though there was no significant difference, or how do I say this? Even though they were as happy with themselves with their appearance after as they were before. Okay. So in other That's words, to do with appearance. it had right. nothing to do with appearance. Yeah. It had to do with the ability to actually frown. When they couldn't frown physically, wow. they were happier. So something about smiling. <laughs> Not frowning at least. Not frowning at least. <laughs> Made so a good. difference. Wow. Yeah. So, so fascinating. Michael Lewis, who's a psychology professor at the University of Cardiff, says, he favors the theory that facial muscles influence brain activity directly and points to earlier research that suggests there's a neurological link. So, for example, if you have an angry or if someone has an angry expression, if they're looking at you with a frown, you're going to feel more negative. Mm-hmm. So if if they, if you have the Botox, it's easy for me to say, <laughs> if you have the Botox and someone frowns at you, it will have less of an impact on your mood. So in other words, if you see someone frowning at you, your amygdala, which we've talked about, that primitive part of your brain, yeah. yes, it, it fires up. But if you encounter the same person with Botox in your forehead, it actually <laughs> calms it down, which I think is so interesting. So... If you don't want to go to the trouble <laughs> or you're scared of it or the expense of Botox, there's also a natural cure. Yes. There's something very similar that can help. Studies have shown, and I would love to have watched this study. Yes. Studies have shown that subjects that are watching comedy routines, they find them significantly more funny when they're holding a pin between their teeth the way a dog holds a bone. <laughs> So what that does is that simulates, it uses the same muscles as smiling. So if you have that pin or if you're smiling, you're going to find things a lot funnier than if you did not. And they took people and had them put the pin between their lips, which simulates um, frowning, which I think you should demonstrate all these for us. (laughs) I think it's really funny. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But they found that just holding the pin in the way that you're smiling, um, actually triggers brain chemicals related to positivity, even when the smile isn't genuine. Just mimicking the facial activity of holding that pin in your mouth is enough to generate more positive emotions. So it goes along with the AA saying, fake it till you make it. If we act happy, then we're actually telling our brain that we are happy. So we can make a choice no. in what we do with our face. No. If you're happy and you know it, 
<laughs> Clap your hands and so, smile. Now, do you need to tell the story about Botox? <laughs> I think you do. I don't know. <laughs> so, we'll decide whether we edit it. Be just real general. Okay. So, I had a group of women and we were going to a, <laughs> we were going to look at a retreat place yeah. for a women's retreat. And we stopped at this cute little cafe um, to have lunch. And we started making jokes about Botox. And the waitress um, came over. <laughs> no offense intended to anyone who has this accent. Let me say this. <laughs> Beth Moore has a similar accent and I adore her. So, and she said, are you all talking about Botox? <laughs> and we said, yeah. <laughs> Well, if you want some, I've got some in my trunk that's just about to expire. My mama and I have to use it up before it expires. So if you want some, (laughs) I'll go get it from the trunk of my car. And we're like, okay, thanks. (laughs) So I have not had Botox from the trunk of a car that's just about to expire. Please don't do that. Yeah, please don't don't do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Another one is posture. Just the way you sit. Uh, there was a study that talked, several studies that talk about that sitting in a slumped position makes you feel more fearful, even hostile, nervous, quiet, still passive, dull, sleepy, and sluggish. While sitting up, up straight is associated with higher self-esteem, less social fear, and fewer negative emotions. Um, again, this is a study from Health Psychology. Moving your body in a specific direction, such as taking a power pose <laughs> or putting a smile on your face, which we just talked about, yeah. has shown to elevate mood. So there's something about just posture, mm-hmm. you know, um, between an upright posture and people have more positive self-perception. One of the things that I loved in one of the studies is that if you... If you do the Superman pose, so yes. you put your hands on your hip and you put your shoulders back. Yes. If you do that. I'll do that right now. Right now. If you do that for two minutes a day, wow. it increases your confidence and has been shown to help people um, produce better at work. So, da-da-da, we're all going to be Superman from now on. Oh, that's awesome. Colors. Colors are another thing that affects your mood. We've all heard that. But you have the chance to make a difference by what color you paint your house, what color you paint your rooms. Um, shades of blue cause a calming effect. Um, shades of red cause activity. They make us a little bit more hyper or more energetic. There's a whole lot of different, um, as you look at the different colors, there's different moods that they evoke. Green, of course, evokes nature. So that will have that calming effect as well. Obviously, this is really obvious, but um, just singing. And now, I'm just so jealous of people that are musical, um, whether they're playing an instrument or whether they can sing. Guys, I just, I didn't develop that, didn't get that gene, didn't develop it. Um, but I enjoy singing. I mean, it's now, I, it's best if I'm singing in a group <laughs> or in the shower. But it's suggested, studies say that just singing out loud top of your lungs, enjoying it, whether you're following along with music. Obviously, this is why people go to concerts all over the country. Mm -hmm. This is why um, people sing in their cars to music, but just purposely, maybe it's just on your drive to work. Just turn it up and sing rather than just listening. Sing. Sing. Um, Group singing has really been shown to increase a sense of belonging and connection. Mm -hmm. Again, purposeful things we can do. 
So if we wake up and we're stressed and anxious about mm-hmm. the day, maybe just singing on the way to to the offices. Or singing in the shower. is the most helpful thing we yeah. can do. The interesting thing was it doesn't matter if you're a good singer or not. Absolutely. As yeah. long as your family's okay with you singing <laughs> yes. out loud and yes. you're a very bad yes. singer. Yes. But it yep. does. It really yeah. helps improve yeah. your yeah. mood. Yeah. House plants are another thing. Go to the grocery store, go to the plant store and get some house plants. They not only purify the air, but they're mood boosting. It's the benefit of just being surrounded by plants. I think it mimics the outdoors. It mimics nature. And so it gives that that sense of calm. Now, the nice thing is they're back in style. When we first got married, they were very in style. Yes, and we had, had an apartment full of plants. <laughs> yes. I think I had 100 plants at yeah, one point. Yeah. And then we moved into the 90s and everybody got fake fig trees right. that they put in the corner. Right. Um, so we're back. Yes. We're back to a healthier place now. Yes. Yeah, our kids are starting to get live plants. It's awesome, you know, and, and uh, very, very helpful. Another one is pet an animal. Now, obviously, if you're a pet owner, you know this. Mm-hmm. There's something about just stroking an animal, uh, having an animal come and put its head on your lap, you know, just. And be is, glad to see you when you get home. Yes. I mean, it's very powerful, very mm-hmm. mood altering. Uh, studies have shown that petting and playing with animals reduces stress related hormones in mere minutes, mm-hmm. something that can happen just in a minute. Playing with the dog or cat raises our levels of serotonin and dopamine, which are increase our moods. And, and um, so, and I would just say, even if you don't own one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, don't steal the neighbor's dog. <laughs> don't steal it, but, but offer, you know, offer to watch your, you know, your friend's dog or something on yeah. their vacation mm-hmm. or, or cats it for them or. Go to a petting zoo. Mm-hmm. Again, most zoos have something where you can actually go physically touch the animals. Yeah. And, and so, again, regardless of our circumstances, regardless of what our environment, going on in our environment, we can be purposeful about it. Yes. Does this mean I'm getting a puppy for Christmas? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll think and pray about that, shall we? We will. Okay. Yes. Another one is doing something artistic or creative. Painting, doodling, making some kind of art makes a difference in our sense of well-being. It's also very helpful in grief. Mm. Even if it doesn't look good, even if it means nothing, it's very helpful for us to process some negative emotions and to just feel more at peace. You know, when we were in um, spiritual director training, one of the things they had us do was we made collages Mm. as one of our assignments. Do you remember that? Yeah. I, when they first gave us that assignment, I felt a little silly being an adult sitting there cutting things out of magazines and putting them on <laughs> I paper. I felt really silly. I'm sure you did. But, <laughs> but it was but good. Yeah. It was really powerful, especially yeah. for me at the time that I was grieving the loss of my sister. Yeah. It was so good for me because we had just found out that she'd passed away. And there was something really healing mm. in doing something creative. I love that. And then the last one... Um, I was really uh, impacted by a study that I heard about. And uh, again, just thinking about what uh, the the creator knows about us and how Mm -hmm. he designed us and the the deep love that he has for us. Uh, This was a study that suggested that if we spend 10 to 15 minutes a day just pondering the goodness of God and how much you are loved, mm-hmm. 
that can actually change our DNA just by pondering that, Mm -hmm. Um, which suggests then we can then, our DNA is passed down to the next generation and the next generation and the next Mm -hmm. generation. And so we can literally change our legacy by a few minutes of just pondering the goodness and the love of God. I was always moved by the statement, and many of you have read The Shack many years ago, Paul Young's book. Um, and several times the main character, um, that when he's being talked to by God in three different forms, um, it, it was said to him, God is particularly fond of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just love that. And I really think that's true for each yeah. and every one of you. I am so fascinated by, we've talked about this before, just the uh, our thumbprints and our the fingerprints, mm-hmm. that, it, that it separates each and every one of you. You've been made in the image of God, and um, you're a reflection of him. He's, he's, he loves the world by making you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and And you reflect a unique part of God and that fingerprints suggest we are the only us that's ever been um, or ever will be. And if you can grab a hold of this sense that God loves you that much, that he's made you that unique and he loves you that deeply and he's particularly fond of you, that it can not only change your mood, today, mm-hmm. but it can also impact generations to come. So hold on to that. And I think that's one of the reasons we struggle even with how God thinks of us. You know, I think that's one of the poisons in our culture mm-hmm. is that is that, well, God's not really fond of me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that he's not happy with me mm-hmm. or whatever. I think that's kind of the, the worst thing that can happen in our psyche, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm is to misunderstand the real nature of God. And so grabbing a hold of the truth of God's love for each and every one of Mm -hmm. you is the most important thing that we can do for our life and for generations to come. So just a few ideas to hopefully help you in the journey of life to be able to enjoy it at a greater level. So bless you as you go. Go in peace. The Life and Love Nuggets podcast is a 501c3 nonprofit and is supported by gifts from people like you. To donate, go to lifeandlovenuggets.com slash donate. This podcast is produced by Clayton Creative in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The content should not be considered or used for counseling, but for educational purposes only.